0: Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Coronavirus hospitalizations are on the rise throughout the nation, and the same goes for San Diego County. Paul Sisson covers healthcare at the Union Tribune. Uh, Paul, how many cases are we seeing now, and why are we seeing this surge?
1: Well, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we, in our latest county report, uh, they, they detected 5,400 cases last week in San Diego. That was up from 3,200 cases the week before. That's particularly interesting because we know these case totals do a worse job than ever of actually representing what's really going on out there. And that's because these days so many people are testing in their homes. We have these uh, home tests that uh, people take them and, uh, you know, then they they put them back actually right here on my desk. I have a uh, covid uh home test uh, result mm-hmm. that said I was positive back in August. Uh my kids brought me coronavirus home from uh, band camp over the summer. Uh so so I'm I'm as guilty as anyone here. Here is my home test. Uh, these don't get communicated uh to the to the community health departments, and so all of those are not showing up in the numbers, and we really have no idea how many there are. So to see the actual number of lab tests, non-home tests, increasing so much in a week uh, really tells us that we're we're seeing a pretty strong signal out there in the community that these new Omicron variants that showed up in the summer and, and even a little earlier in other parts of the world are really starting to spread here in San Diego.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I also got COVID a a month or two ago. I mean, are we being asked to report a positive home test to any agencies? Like I told my iPhone so that it could warn people I was around with one of those notifications, but like, is there anything we should be doing? Um, Some of the tests,
1: I'm not sure if it's all of them, but some of them do have like a QR code or something that you can scan to actually uh, communicate that information back to the test maker. And then the test maker is supposed to communicate that information to the public health departments. Um, it seems like a lot of people aren't realizing they should do that. Uh, and then beyond that, it's also a little unclear whether uh, individual um, test makers would actually be able to send that information to the proper. Uh, health department. So generally, I think the generally accepted wisdom is that these home tests are kind of a black hole in terms of knowing what they show on a community level. They certainly help a lot uh, with individuals and individuals making individual decisions, uh, but but aren't quite as strong in the public health world.
0: Gotcha. Um, well, of course, the important thing is really what's going on at hospitals. So what are we seeing there? How stressed are they?
1: Uh, you know, it's creeping up. Uh, it's certainly not, uh, you know, really going up as quickly as, say, the flu did uh, this fall. Uh, you know, we saw the flu numbers really ramp up super rapidly uh, at a time of the year when they're when it's usually pretty quiet. Uh, hospitalizations uh, across San Diego County, uh, I think, as of yesterday or the day before we something like 350 in the aggregate across the whole county, not counting military hospitals. Uh, you know, and we saw last winter in January, uh, the number get up, uh, you know, well, well over a thousand. So that puts it into some context. Uh, when we had our summer surge, uh, we got up over 400. So we're kind of, we're approaching what we saw over the summer, but we're still an order of magnitude away from the highest peaks that we saw, you know, very early this year in January, last last uh, winter.
0: Are we seeing many COVID fatalities in the county? And, and if so, what groups are most affected?
1: Not nearly as many. Uh, you know, it seems that Omicron has been overall less deadly. Um, we also have some amazing drugs available, uh, the, the main one being Paxlovid. Um, it is an antiviral drug, a lot like Tamiflu, which you may uh, may have been prescribed over the years uh, if you if you tested positive for influenza. Um, and what these drugs do is if you take them uh, quick enough uh, after infection, uh, they really reduce the chances of a really severe outcome. Uh, and so uh, especially in the uh, populations that are most at risk, uh, especially in folks who are older, uh there is an increasing uh, pres- prescription of this drug to help people uh, avoid hospitalization and death. And, and it does seem like that is likely having an effect. Uh, the overall uptake of this drug is still not what it could be from what uh, the experts seem to be saying. It seems like a lot more people who would ha- could be helped by it. Uh, are not getting it yet, but yeah, generally uh, to answer your question, uh, the, the, those of us who are most at risk are are those with uh, chronic diseases, uh, especially folks with uh, compromised immune systems, and folks who are a little older. Uh, generally, they they're you know as you age, uh, the the power of your immune system reduces, so uh, so that puts you more at risk.
0: Well, when you compare this year to where we were last year, are we much better prepared to deal with COVID surges? And is, are there any areas where we still need to improve?
1: Sure. I I think obviously we are light years ahead of where we were in the fall of 2020, obviously. I don't think that's quite what you were asking, maybe just compared to last year. Um You know, we have some amazing tools. We have a bivalent coronavirus booster that is targeted at Omicron, Uh, not necessarily the subvariants that are now circulating, but close enough to them that the latest studies that have been coming out show that they really do offer pretty amazing protection against these latest uh, BQ subvariants that are spreading right now. So we have a good vaccine. Uh, that targets both the older versions and the newer versions. That's what the bivalent means, that there's two different versions of the virus in there that your immune system uh, is being primed for. Um, and then we also, like like I said, we have this, uh, this new drug, Paxlovid. Some people say Paxlovid. I'm not super clear on exactly which pronunciation is the correct one. Uh, but that really was not widely available last winter. And same with home testing. Uh, home tests did exist uh, last winter, but they were in very short supply. Uh, you know, you may remember the lines around the block around Chris- Christmas time last year. Folks looking to get tested after they had symptoms. A lot of them wanted to travel. Travel was opened up last year for the first time, so so there was this kind of frantic uh, demand for testing uh, that that really uh, at the community testing centers sent the lines around the block. Um, so. So you know what from a public health standpoint what these things do for us is you know I've been talking to some uh, ER and and other physicians in recent weeks and they're like you know this really has the potential to help us because now you can test yourself at home you don't have to go out and expose others to get test potentially expose others to get tested um and it allows you to call your doctor right away and tell them that you've tested positive and it gives that your your primary care doctor a chance to write you a prescription uh, for for Paxlovid um, right away and get you in in that five day window uh, where you can really get significant benefit. So so that 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 gives us a new tool to head off uh, more severe consequences that could fill up the hospitals. Uh, it gives people a, a pretty convenient and easy way to know that they're infected and decide to stay home from work or keep their kids home from school. Uh, you know, so so we do have these tools that have now come to, you know, a lot of them were around last winter, but they just weren't in in large enough supply to really make any kind of difference. Uh, so, you know, talking to a, a physician at, at Sharp Grossmont yesterday, he's like, you know, we're still seeing a lot of people coming in who are looking for testing in the emergency room and we're begging them to get some of these home tests, call, you know, talk to your insurance provider and see if they'll pay for some Um, just to, you know, if you could just do the testing at home and not come into the ER to have it done, uh, you know, that would really take a lot of the burden off of, off of the emergency rooms that really are very full right now and, and need, uh, as much mercy as the community can give them.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's good advice. Well, with the numbers rising as they are, how worried are public health officials?
1: You know, the, they're being relatively silent. Uh, we haven't seen our local public health department really do any kind of of press conferences. I remember last year, right around Christmas time, they, they had a press conference, you know, asking for a lot of things from the community. We haven't really seen that. We saw uh, the, the state uh, health department uh, hold a press conference for reporters earlier this week. Uh, you know, what they were asking for was, you know, as much behavior change as people are able to do. Uh, generally, what they'd really, really like folks to do is go out and get this booster. Um, you know, the the uptake levels uh, for the booster have been very anemic. I think in San Diego, uh, the, uh, the percentage who have so far um, gotten the booster is still pretty low. Let me just uh let me just look it up for you here. Um yeah, so right now in San Diego County, according to the latest um San Diego data, there are 2.4 million residents who are eligible for the bivalent booster and thus far they have only given just about 450,000 shots. So that's about 18% of the eligible population that has come forward. Uh, for the bivalent booster. So when you ask how worried they are, I think they're a little worried by that li- that low uptake, uh, but they also know there's a lot of immunity in the community from all the infections that we had over the summer. Uh, so a lot of people have some recent natural immunity from getting sick, you, know, you and me included, uh, uh, you know, and, and talking to some of the experts out there, they say, you know, your protection from a natural infection will wane. It's a little unknown exactly how how long that takes uh it seems like the rule of thumb among some of the smarter people i know here in town is around 6 months some say maybe 4 months so if you're if you're coming into that 4 to 6 months range from when you got infected uh you know it's probably about the right time to jump on the booster so i'm, I'm myself i'm hoping to go out and get it uh next week uh it, it would feel good to have uh, a fresh uh Immune system as we head into uh, the hol- the you know, the, the the holidays and New Year, and and you know, and kind of what is traditionally that that ramp up for uh, for respiratory disease uh, early next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guidance I read was. Three months. So I have it marked on my calendar. Mid-January, I'm aiming to do that. But I mean, Paul, it seems like COVID fatigue is very real. I think a lot of people do regard the pandemic as being over and people aren't taking it as seriously anymore. I mean, you mentioned getting the newest booster. What is the latest guidance and, and do you have any other advice?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the booster guidance is generally that the most people can get it. It, it was, uh, you know, some of these boosters as we've gone through have been restricted to uh, older folks first because they're the most at risk and people with uh, high risk conditions, uh, like we talked about earlier. But you know there's 3 million people in this county and you know over a half million of them are kids and so you know the county's saying right here they've done the math for us that 2.4 million people are are eligible for this booster and only 18% of them have gotten it so i think i think that really uh, speaks to uh you know the big shrug that covid has been getting um but i also think it's probably because people had it over the summer we had a ton of infections over the summer um as these uh these omicron subvariants came roaring through, and so I think a lot of people got sick and said, oh, it wasn't so bad." Um, you know, I, I don't. If I have to get it again, I'm, I'm not going to die, and so I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm going to go about my life, and I, I can't really. I mean, that that makes a. You know, I, I can't say that folks are totally wrong about that, but uh, you know, these these uh, new subvariants coming through, uh, you know, they they can definitely. You can never quite predict exactly how your body's going to react to them. And so, personally, uh, for me, I guess I just rather ensure that I'm going to have as easy of a fight with that as possible. Um, you know, I just don't really enjoy getting sick, and so if I <laughs> if I have the opportunity to avoid it or make it much less severe, like I, I just I'd I'd rather go for that than take my chances that I'm going to get a more severe case uh, next time around. Even though my um, my my infection with it in August wasn't really so bad. It was a couple of days of a real uh, clogged up head and a sore throat. And, and you know, it wasn't pleasant. I'd, I'd rather avoid that, even if it, if, if it probably wasn't going to kill me. I'd still rather go for a, a, a shot than, uh, than that.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Uh, well, Paul, anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered?
1: I think that'll do it.
0: Okay. Paul Sisson, healthcare reporter at the Union Tribune. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.